Good evening and welcome to Joy 99.7 FM and to tonight's edition of Springboard, your virtual university. Springboard is brought to you by Legacy and Legacy and your superstation Joy 99.7 FM. The broadcast is made possible by the kind courtesy of MTN Ghana's number one network. Echo Bank, the Pan-African Bank, and our print media partner, The Graphic Business. Thank you for joining us on Joy 99.7 FM and on Facebook streaming live on Albert Any Okran, Comfort Okran A, and Joy 99.7 FM. My name is Albert Okran. And so on behalf of the Virtual Academic Board, chaired by Comfort, with support from Matthew, Priscilla, Amos, Jojo, and Emmanuel, I welcome you to tonight's discussion on leadership transition. The topic today is very simple. With the benefit of hindsight, what went wrong with Manchester United post Sir Alex Ferguson? What could they have done differently? Today's, today's match is not the foundation of the discussion. What went wrong post Fergie? What could they have done differently? And what, in your opinion, is the way forward? Send your views by WhatsApp on 024-9999555 or post them on the stream on Facebook. In today's Data is King segment, Amos will suggest that 50% of leadership transitions fail. 50%, one out of two. But even more importantly, he will provide five questions every organization must ask itself or answer about a new leader to ensure that they do not fail. You don't want to miss that segment. In our Game Changer segment today, Jojo brings a story about career displacement and reinvention. Maybe Manu needs a reinvention. So according to Dr. Table in his book, Wisdom, if an individual doesn't reinvent himself or herself every three or at most five years, they will become still or increasingly irrelevant. So as you listen tonight, the question for you, are you reinventing yourself? If not, do you not run the risk of becoming still or irrelevant? Before I introduce my guests for tonight, let me bring Comfort in with our quote for the day. Comfort. Well, our quote for today is from Irish comedian Spike Milligan, who says, For ten years, Caesar ruled with an iron hand, then with a wooden foot, finally with a piece of string. No, slow down. <laughs> go, on, go at it again. For ten years, Caesar ruled with an iron hand. So iron hand, number one. Then with a wooden foot. Wooden foot, number two. And finally with a piece of string. Wow. Three stages of leadership. Give, exactly. us, give us the picture. <laughs> well, at the beginning of every leadership journey, you need to assert yourself to, yourself to get things done. As time goes on, less force is required until eventually you can just wink and people will get the message. Well, it's a bit like the story of the elephant initially tied by an iron chain to a beam and finally tied by a thin rope to a plastic chair. Interesting. I'm going to ask my, my, my guests who are experts in this subject of leadership to give their perspective on the changing phases of leadership and the level of coercion, force or compulsion required to get things done. But tonight I have two great friends at Springboard as we dissect leadership transition using Man United as a case study. What went wrong? What could have been done differently? And what is the way forward? Kojo Adai is the CEO of Databank. That's the professional part of him, but he's a lifelong Liverpool supporter who has endured a 30-year wait to recapture the English Premiership crown. And he's somebody very happy about the struggles of Man United. But even he will, will find it in himself to take off that Liverpool cap 
and put on his management cap today. Could you welcome Springboard? Thank you very much. It's an honor. It's a pleasure. And I fully support anybody who supports Springboard. I mean, it's probably the best radio station, uh, uh, radio program in, 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 in the world. Wow. You think you are global, aren't you? <laughs> Chale, yeah. Chale, Chale. I you, are lo- you are not local. For just this one minute, I support Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's the best, it's the best. <laughs> Professor Robert Hinson sometimes wishes he could take off take off from the United University of Ghana Business School on a sabbatical and go and help Ed Woodward to clean up the mess at Manchester United. <laughs> Such is his love for the club. But he's tied down at the University of Ghana Business School as a professor of marketing. Prof, welcome to Springboard. See this Ed Woodward character. I'm very happy to be here tonight because um, <laughs> in September 2018 there was actually a banner on the stadium when um when there was going to be a match between um, Manu and Burnley, and this was all the caption read, Ed Woodrun, a specialist in failure. Can you imagine? <laughs> that, was, that was the title previously reserved for Asimbenga. It's amazing. <laughs> so you are one of the Woodward must go fans. Specialist oh, in failure. It's amazing. Let's get into football. Asimbenga was not a failure. She kept Arsenal in the top four for what? 16, 18 years? It was just Mourinho's description, that's all. That's my, it's, it's mine too. Okay. <laughs> That's my failure. Well, along the line, I'm going to bring my son to give us a, a sports pundit's perspective. He doesn't support United or Liverpool, so he'll give us a neutral Barca perspective of the case of Man United. But tonight, United seems to be in free fall. I mean, years ago, a 1 0 score and a half time for United would have definitely meant nailing Liverpool to the cross. Today, at the end of the match, most Man U supporters, if they will be honest with themselves, will accept the 1 1 scoreline because before the match, the expectation was that Man U would lose to Liverpool. What went wrong post Fergie? Let me start with you, Kojo. Yep. You are the against, so let me start with you. Oh, really? Charlie, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> listening to us, all right, all right, all right, all right. I am the only man in white, the only man in a Liverpool shirt. I am totally surrounded by my new people. Quiet in the studio. Please, if you are listening to us, come to my aid. <laughs> I am alone. I talk comfort was even as now. So I almost say United. No, no. You are, you are, you are just incorrigible. Let's start. Let's okay, start. Okay, for, yeah, for context, sure. let's start with today's match. All I mean, right, cool. just a minute on today's cool, match. Cool. Um, today's match has nothing to do with your topic. Yes. To be honest, just just for to warm up. Yeah, no, no. What I'm the point I'm making is that the change management process that has gone on in United that we are coming to dissect and discuss and try and teach the world what can be done or should have been done has absolutely nothing to do to do with today's match. Today's match was just about passion. It's about history. It's about zeal. It, nothing to do with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Right. Trust me. Yesterday's match, Pep Guardiola and Crystal Palace was management. Today, it had nothing to do with management. Klopp made a few mistakes. But what I'm trying to say is the passion of the game, the, 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 the desire to say there's no way we will allow Liverpool to have a record over us. It was the same thing. Uh, Arsenal, if you remember, in, I don't remember the year, 2004 or something, went unbeaten and they were about to set a record, met United, 
and United stopped it. They, they, call, it, they call it a bro. You, you, yeah, anyway. you make sure nobody, nobody anyway. gets your record. Yeah. So today has nothing to do with chain management, Ole Gunasosha, whether he got it right or wrong. His selection, he didn't have any choice. It was the selection he, he had was his only selection he could have. Right. So today's match, th- those nothing. are comments. Right. Absolutely nothing to do right. with the topic. Right. But congratulations to mind you. And I told you outside, Liverpool did not deserve to win this game. We did not deserve to win this game. We did not play well. United played better. United wanted it more. United were more passionate about the game. And I'm sad, but we do not, we did not deserve the win. We well, did not. To this much, just briefly. Well, I was watching dozing, watching dozing, and around 82nd minute, I kept on wondering, can we finish this thing? And just get to the line. Then two minutes later, we considered the goal. It was very tragic for me. Whilst I agree with Kujo that today was special because Liverpool cannot beat us at Old Trafford. <laughs> the 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 the, <laughs> the, the paradox for me is that if this passion that saw us want to win at all costs today was residing somewhere around Old Trafford, where has it been all, all these weeks? I mean, yeah. Luisa was saying recently that. Problem United that the, the players are bigger than the brand. So if you have player brands that are bigger than the club brands and player fellowship that far trumps the club fellowship on social media, then who is bigger than who? And he was big. And Luisa is not Guy Neville, or he, he is more, more a more recent player. And even he was commenting that your purpose and things have far outgrown the brand, and therefore the passion that he speaks about was so eloquently on display today has not been on display for quite a while now. When Gary Neville says the squad is not deep, the passion is gone, we understand those are the grandfathers of the club. But when Luisa, who is like a uh, yesterday born, is also saying that the, the player brands have grown the parent brand, then there's something to sit down and ponder. I'm sure we can go through that a little more extensively today. Let yes. me start Let me start with the subject you've raised, and I'm going to go back to Peggy, just so we get context for the discussion. So, um, we talk about the United struggles today, and sometimes the excuse is that the squad is not good, the players are not good enough. I asked myself, what was United's biggest win um, against a top four side under Peggy? And I chose the Arsenal. 8 2 match, mm. which I watched mm. from beginning <laughs> to end. I can imagine. <laughs> the players on display in that match, Juju. Awful. Mention the names. <laughs> you had Ashley Young, you had people like Cleverly. Like, it was a very. Tom Cleverly. Um, this uh, Brazilian guy was playing, running about Anderson. <laughs> it, it was, was not <laughs> It was not talent. Yeah. Something that Fergie managed to do. Jason Park. Those guys were not Champions League material, yeah. but they played like their lives depended on it. This one, Park would bring his head, head in for a tackle. If he meant possibly splitting his head, he will do it. Very much. Kujo, let's talk about leadership transition. In your opinion, yeah. what went wrong? Um, Moise went wrong. <laughs> that's, that's in my opinion. Moise, Moise went wrong. And I, I'll tell you what. You see... When Moise came in, Moise was a hand-chosen successor for Fergie. And people in Ghana always say, we are tribalists, we are whom you know. But it's the same thing that happened. You think the Scottish connection was the the principal? It was the key. 
it was the key. Fergie didn't use his head. He used his heart to pick his successor. Jojo is doing his hands, something, something, something like that. But I'm telling you, the error was Moise. Fine, now you've picked Moise. No problem. But when Moise came in, and, um, you know, I don't know if um, listeners know Matthew's uh, synopsis to, to hold the whole discussion. And Moise was not inexperienced, Matthew. In your synopsis, you stated that Moise was inexperienced. Moise was not inexperienced. Moise was extremely experienced. He had kept Everton in the top six for about maybe eight of his 13 years or something in, in Everton. Very, very experienced. But the error was Moise felt he had to stamp his authority on United. Right. He didn't have to. He didn't have to. Even Feggy had changed the backroom staff for a bit over the years, but he had a winning backroom staff. Right. All he had to do was come in, keep the shape, keep everybody, and see what else could be done. The mistake, the, the, the error was Moise. So you think that Moise changing the backroom staff was the biggest mistake? It was the biggest error of United, and to date, it will take you 35 years to change that one. Okay, that is wishful thinking. But the emotion is coming. The, the, the first part is okay. Ah, the second part, you forgive you. Um, no, no, but let me on a more serious note, right. on a more serious note, change doesn't mean when you come in, you have to change. Sometimes change means when you come in, keep, hold, watch, protect. Right. It doesn't mean you have to change. Let me come to you, Bob, and I'll come back to you. Yeah, yeah, right. on this. There are some who suggest that those who are um, proponents of the theory that could you just propound it, yes. suggest that the story of the apples that survived the leadership transition very smoothly, yes, did um, so because the core team that had institutional memory yes. was kept. And it was not allowed for a new person to come in and just wipe away all the institutional memory with a team that probably doesn't even know how to win Champions League and and how to win Premiership. Do you share, do you share the same view? Well, I do. And just to piggyback of what Kojo said, it's shocking then that Moyes wanted to stamp this authority because, Albert, it then makes me begin to wonder what exactly is the shared vision or philosophy of the club? Because Fred was an institution. But because he was so brutally successful, it's as if the Fergie formula was the Mayu formula. Whether that was it or not, I'm not too sure. But if that formula was a winning formula, how is it that Moyes came in and could so radically attempt to do what Kojo uh, discusses and get it so wrong that Louis van Houten has come to do mess up, Moino too has messed up, and Ole is struggling for what it's worth. So I've always wondered now, when you take a Barcelona, for instance, do they have a formula? Is Tiki Taka a formula? Is it a philosophy? I've always wondered. So, with Manu, the question I need to ask is, what's the shared vision? Are there systems that are put in place to make the club excel? And when coaches come in, do they fit in? Or do they have such a wide berth that when they get it wrong, we enter the sort of dilemma we are contending with today? So, please, me, the first question I want to ask is, what's the shared vision? Because as late as this month, Gary Neville again, and I keep going back to him because he's like one of the biggest names I ever played for the club. He said, um, poor recruitment, poor selection of managers is what has kept the club back 
all these years. And he keeps saying that if we don't get that fixed, we won't go far. United today, Albert, is one of the three Premier League clubs with no technical director. Now, which world-class team doesn't operate with a technical director? And the scheme of things is the technical directors who are responsible for recruitment, getting the right players on board. Coaches shouldn't be running around. I think in Africa, coaches show, show for, for, for players. They travel yeah, and go yeah, and yeah, sit yeah. in stadium and watch them and so on. It's not a bad thing, but you need a solid technical director to take any world-class club to the kind of levels of success that you are supposed to achieve. So me, I think the issue of shared vision is something we can discuss a little later. And that feeds into the, the moist uh, issue that... Could you raise so eloquently? I, I know you don't want this to be a football discussion and we, we should make it more intellectual, but forgive me. When Fergie was in United, he will not tolerate a technical director. Okay. Absolutely no way Fergie will tolerate a technical director. But he left so, in 2013. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so United have not been able to learn how to use that. Thank process. you. Okay, okay, okay. Thank you. Wow. So so that is an issue they have. That's a blessing. Whereas the other <laughs> the other teams have worked with technical directors, have worked as part with of the system. as part of the system. Indeed. indeed. So <laughs> the transition of United and I come back to it and that is the the crux of the topic we are discussing. When you take over uh, or when there's change management in an institution there's no one single formula that works across board. Right. It can't work. You've got to go in there, study the situation. But don't you need a basic ethos, Kojo? Because yes. otherwise, everybody comes and, and flies by the pant of the, or the, the seat of their pants. You, you, no, no, you do, you do. <laughs> but whoever took over United first, and, and, and I have the articles here, and I agree with Rene Molesting. You, the person should have just left things as they are. Precisely. Talking <laughs> no eight-step change, no <laughs> three-step Lewin change. Matthew, I was crisscrossing and cutting into your theory. It didn't work for United, and it won't work for United. It works for Klopp. It worked for Klopp. The eight-step change worked for Klopp. It doesn't work for United. So what's the long-term strategy? 21, 21 minutes past the hour of 7 o'clock. Already? We, 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 we are talking today about leadership transitions. In uh, a recent Data is King um, segment presentation, it was submitted that CEOs whose predecessors stayed longer than 10 years started with a problem, almost always. It said that 49% of them performed worse than their predecessors. Okay. The longer the CEO stayed on, the more difficult it was going to be for the successor to succeed. Okay. So in 49% of the case, the successor performed worse than the leader who had stayed for a while. 27% of them maintained the standards and only 24% beat the performance of the predecessor. Somehow, can they treat me power? I I looked I looked from the right corner of my eye at Kujo when I was talking because I knew it would resonate with him. Kujo, 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 talk to me. It resonates. You speak for his own life. No, no, no. But you, 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 you know, um, to to be honest with you. I, I, I'm just submitting that Peggy would always have been a very difficult act to follow. I'm telling you, so was Ken. Extremely difficult act to follow. Can you imagine the shoes I was stepping in? But I did same also at GCB. You know, when you step into shoes like that at Fergie, 
when you walk in, the error Moyes made was he wanted to by force prove to the world that he was his own man. And assert himself. And assert himself. <laughs> and and kick everybody out and bring his own people. It, it doesn't it may work. It could have worked. But I didn't do that. I walked in and just decided that I will just watch what is going on. When you want to bring changes, you start bringing the changes along with your people. Along with your people. You don't want to come in and say, I know it all. I am the borrower. I came from here. I know this. I know that. That was Moises' error. If Moises had come in and said, okay, guys, Fergie was the establishment. He was the institution. That's it. We want to still keep that institutional memory there. Let's you know, listen to what he had to do, what he had to say, who was he working with, especially Rainey and Eric Steele. Those yeah. were the two main people. Yeah. Rainey and Eric Steele. He didn't do that. So, so your, your, your main I, submission so far has been that in the Moise takeover, yeah. he upset the apple cart and United has not recovered since. And United... I pray we'll never recover. Okay. <laughs> okay, that was that was that was That's a below the belt. No, no, that was a below the belt. No, but but, yeah, but United haven't recovered since. Right. But I think I think if Moise had come in and left the structure as it was and hadn't shaken it, you know how people let's, let's want move to from Moise. So, be happy that so, oh he came in, he shook the system, he's changing things, he's. But you don't have to do that. You can go in and keep the status quo and still be a successful manager. It, it didn't happen. Let's give the club the benefit of the doubt that after they realized that Moyes wouldn't work, they fired him. Next appointment. <gasps> Louis Van Gaal. Through Ryan Giggs, kind of, but okay, so, so Van Gaal, he was supposed to be a big global brand. I think when... Me? Yes. When Van Gaal came... The, the the damage had been done, so he came to exacerbate it. <laughs> he, no, 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 he didn't do it. I, I think he just left it as is. But don't forget, Van Hal won a trophy. Guys, Van Hal won a trophy. By the time Van Hal won the he trophy, won a trophy. The, the club was tired of him. But he won a trophy. He won a trophy. Van Hal won a trophy. But what he should have done was to try and bring back the Fergie squad and the Fergie back room just to try and bring the status quo back to normal. But he couldn't. And he kept the moist kind of people there. But he won a trophy. What United need is for Fergie to advise. I saw him in the stands today. I have a feeling today Fergie was even in the dressing room. Just like happened in PSG, that got Ole Gunnar appointed. It was the same situation that happened this evening. Fergie was the coach this evening. It wasn't only. That's a very wild submission. I'm telling you. 26 minutes past the was, hour. It wasn't only. I believe that Fergie coached United today yes. and not Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Yes, I say. <laughs> if you're listening tonight, what is your opinion about the match? What is your opinion about about the leadership transitions at Man United? Kujo Adai means that praise and his heart and his head are in conflict. He prays that United will never um, come back. But that's okay. He's allowed to have that perspective. I'm going to bring in Oreku um, Ampofu. Oreku is a sports pundit. He does not have the biases of Kujo Adaiminsa. Neither is he a Man U fan. So he will talk about it from the sports pundit's perspective. Um, Ray, let's start with 
with selection if you took your mind off what what what, what happened what um, should have been done and you just sat as somebody who is a player as well as a pundit and looked at united today and somebody asked you to advise on what exactly the problem is would you say it is the squad will you say it is the coach or will you say it is the football philosophy <laughs> i think it'll be a little bit of uh, everything that you listed and uh it's, it's understandable that when you look at the fact that, you know, Fergie has been at the club since 1986 to 2013, that's a pretty long period. And uh, it's, it's normal and usual for the club to become over-reliant and dependent on him. And I think that his level of brilliance and your know, capabilities as a coach did paper over the cracks at the United Club. Now, the big change oh, there was... Were cracks. I think so. Hold on, hold it there. And, and that's another skill of thought we, we must explore. Yeah. People say that, listen, things were bad before Feggy left. In fact, they actually blame Feggy for not improving the squad and using using short-term means to survive. So if things were very hard, you bring in a Larson, very unusual purchase, and then just win the league with Larson one season and let him go, and then buy Van Persie just one season. So, okay. some of, one school of thought believes that the problems were there, and Fergie actually ran away because he looked at the problem he felt it was huge. Okay. Ray, do, do, do you share that philosophy? Yeah, good yeah I, th I think so too. And uh, he, he may not have left in the best possible doors, but I also think it was at a point where United needed him, especially in that last season, and also on a personal level, I think that he wanted to leave on a high. So, you cannot blame him um, as much to, you know, for bringing, leaving on that note. But, I think more importantly, the question is, what have United done after that? Now, I'm going to draw some comparisons between Liverpool and Manchester City because... Manchester United or City? Manchester City, okay. yeah. So, because, you know, these two clubs have gone through major transitions recently in the Premier League. And uh, United is currently lagging way behind the two of them who have been competing the past two, two and three seasons. But if you look at Liverpool, for instance, when Brendan Rodgers left the club... Things were so bad. You know, there was no Luis Suarez, was Ricky Lambert, and you look at that club eleven that he started out with, and uh, just two survivors are in the squad right now. And so the the clearly no, has be Henderson and Hendo and Milner. Hendo and Milner, but I think, yeah, Nathaniel Klein can be considered as one, but he's not in the squad right now. But I think that there's been a hefty amount of change, and what a lot of people tend to forget is the fact that Klopp did not have it easy at the beginning. Liverpool used to be the trolling club. Everyone would laugh at them every yeah, Sunday. Because, yes, because yeah. it, it, they had Koncheski and left-backs, Flanagan, right? They looked hopeless at that point. But what the board did was that they aligned their thoughts with Jürgen Klopp. And he had a plan. He said it out loud no, in public. Please say it again. What the board did was... Listen to this man. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a, <laughs> it's a solid, solid yeah. point. Say that's my son, please. They aligned... <laughs> 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 yeah. Exactly. This yeah. is about alignment yeah. and ethos. Yeah. Those things yeah, matter yeah, to yeah, me yeah, because yeah, yeah. there needs to be a certain clarity regarding where we are going. Right. Yeah. So what the so board did was... Yeah, yeah, they aligned their thoughts with that of Klopp. Thank you. Okay. How about Edward Wood? I'll quench your mind. <laughs> I, th I think that's the first major point, uh, a sense of direction and unity. Correct. Now, they knew that, and Klopp said that, if I don't win a trophy by my fourth year, I'm going to leave the job. Thankfully, he did win the Champions League in the fourth year. But it's a case of patience and trust and investment, because we know that you've given yourself four years. We know that you're a good coach. We know that this is quite difficult, but gradually... We are going to get there. So they had that trust and sent uh, in direction as a club. Now you look at Manchester City, 
And when Pep Guardiola was around, you know, buying Munich times his last six months, he had already met with the owners of Manchester City. And they discussed that, look, we're going to bring your best friend from Barcelona. That's the technical director, Chiki, Chiki Bekistan, who helped you to, you know, scout all these Bootskets and good players. We're going to bring him to Manchester City. He's going to help you sign all the players you want. He'll give you all the money. So come join us. So already you see that these two clubs had wow. a sense of direction and had a plan. An alignment. Even before their coach left. An alignment. And Yeah, an alignment. Correct. And yes, yes, yes. it wasn't easy. <laughs> Pep came, Everton were well, scoring 4 0 and all that. Things looked bad. His first season was pretty bad. But what the two coaches did again after that is a sense of ruthlessness. Now, Pep came in there. Joe Hart was England's number one goalkeeper. You know the English media. They were going to bash him for, you know, sending Joe Hart out. But he didn't mind. He took him out, took all the bashing, and first of all, brought in a ball-playing keeper because he had a system. Klopp brought in pressing players and high energetic players like Salah Mane. You're, you're, depre- you're depressing me. Because he had a system. <laughs> so that's when the coach aligned. comes in. <laughs> It's only or David Moyes or whoever came in. Did he have a system that he was going to buy into? Because I do have the statistics. Here. A no, lot of wait, people wait, say, wait, say that again. <laughs> when Oli came, did he have a say it again? Did he have what? a system? No. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's the whole thing. This strategy alignment. Yeah. It was. The, it, it matters. True. Otherwise, where are you drawing your inspiration from? True. Everybody can come and do what they like. Go on. Did he have yeah, a system? So, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people say that Pep Guardiola spent a lot of money. Yeah. Since he came to Manchester, he spent seven hundred and twenty-six point three million pounds. That's a hefty amount of money on 17 players. But yeah, it's worked for him. But Manchester United have also spent 840 million no. since, since, no, since Fergie left. So there, that's six years. But Pep has been here for about three and a half years. But it's still, it's still a safe, it's, it's like there's a straight line that Manchester United are trying to get to that straight line. But on that journey, Moyes has come in, branch on the right, tried to come back. Louis Van Gaal comes in, branches on the it's left, tries to issue. come back. Now, Ole is trying to, you know, Mourinho also comes in, does the same thing. And let me, let me, let me just give you a quick example on that. Mourinho bought Sanchez six months before he left the job. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer comes in, yes, and then sells him. So that's already two steps in front and then three steps back. So you, you leave your coach handicapped. Ole is now trying to sell two, three players before he brings someone in and, uh, players are not fitting in the system and it all seems like a big mess but I think that Ole has one, he's done one thing right amongst all the coaches and I think that that's the fact that he's been the most ruthless out of them he sold a lot of them that's a big step now the next step is investing into his plans and you know aligning the direction I think that hopefully with that sense of alignment maybe Manchester United could come back absolutely. stay in that seat for, for a minute as I go for this very brief break when I come back, Amos will tell us what McKinsey is saying in all this. McKinsey is saying, listen, 50% of these experiments don't work. And so if yours is not working, please don't be worried. However, if a new person is coming, there are five questions that they must ask. If you have your copy of McKinsey's seminars framework, please pull it out because the, a few of the questions will be, will be aligned with that framework. I think the key word to this is alignment. It's alignment. It's alignment. But, but the second word that also keeps coming up from all the presentations so far is that it is easier to back a coach who has a clear plan about where they are going. And that's a point that has come forward very strongly. So the club must have its own direction that is going to and so being patient with the coach is key but the coach must inspire confidence that you can wait for them for four years i do not think that any united player or supporter can vouch for only that they will be there next year 
Ah. So it's not the goalkeeper said this month. I, I, I don't know what's happening in the club. Oh <laughs> I'm telling you, <laughs> it is 25 minutes to the hour. <laughs> it is 25 minutes to the hour of eight o'clock. This is Springboard, your virtual university. We are having a discussion about change management and leadership transitions, and this is brought to you by Legacy and Legacy Enjoy 99.7 FM, proudly sponsored by Echo Bank, the Pan African Bank, MTN Ghana's number one network with support from the Graphic Business. Talking about business if you are you a trader or a merchant looking to grow your business then now's the time to grow faster and go further with ecobank's diggy banking pack the ecobank diggy banking pack is designed specially with the growth of your business in mind what are the benefits they include zero opening balance no monthly service charges automatic access to ecobank's payment and collection solutions guess what a loan of up to 200,000 cities and much more the ecobank Diggy Banking Pack also comes with capacity building and financial literacy programs to empower you to grow your business. To find out more about how to grow faster and go further with a bank that understands your business, visit the nearest Ecobank branch. Call toll free on 3225 or contact us on diggypackgh at ecobank.com. Ecobank Mobile App is the CIMG product of the year 2018. Ecobank, two times CIMG Hall of Fame Bank, and Ecobank, definitely the Pan African Bank. Let me go for a brief commercial break. When I come back, what is the way forward? Can something be done to salvage the situation? Could you, any advice you give will not be sent to man you, so be the, be the manager that you are and don't be the against that you are. Please don't go away. <laughs> announcement for MTN Pulse and Chill Flight 567 to Dubai. Keep browsing and talking with your MTN Pulse bundle to stand the chance of winning an all-express space trip to Dubai. You can also win those headsets. 40 devices are more from now to 30th November. Send check to 567 or use the MTN Pulse app to check your points today. Still in Dubai. MTN Pulse. Just be. Terms and conditions apply. We date for you everywhere you go. Where are you? Postman. I'm at the bank. Really? But your car is in front of your house. Bro, my bank or my phone, Charlie. Oh, how? Ecobank, bro. With Ecobank Mobile App, I can do everything, anywhere, anytime. Listen, I just checked my account balance, paid Amazon school fees, and sent money to my grandma at Wale Wale. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Basta, just download the Ecobank Mobile App from the Google Play Store or the App Store or dial star 770 hash and be your own bank manager. Manager, manager. Whether to pay bills or fees. To check account statements, send money across Ghana, abroad, and more. Ecobank Mobile app has got it covered. Ecobank Mobile, making everyday people live everyday lives the Ecobank way. Ecobank, the Pan-African bank. And Springboard is the virtual university. As you can see, the arguments are going on in the studio because it's a, such a passionate subject. A happy birthday to Kofi Osinshira, CEO of Insano. Kofi, you're a big, big friend of Springboard. I'm sure you're listening to the show tonight, listening to the debates about leadership transitions. And of course, to Madame Evelyn Addo. You celebrated your 79th birthday this, this week, and you are an 
avid regular listener to Springboard at 79. You don't miss one show. And today we celebrate you for your consistency. I don't know if football makes sense to you, but I know one thing for sure that you understand leadership from front to back. So enjoy the show tonight. I'll bring you a song by Koda. His latest called Ebube. And when I come back, let's find out what the data is King segment is saying tonight. Please don't go away. And this is Springboard, your virtual university, 20 minutes to the hour of 8 o'clock. And this is a discussion about leadership transitions. When I switch off from Amos, I'm coming back to talk about leadership, not in the, in the dugout, but on the pitch. Roy Keane has just come out with a statement. How dare Manchester United players kiss Liverpool players in the tunnel after a match? There's no way it should happen. He says that was treason. When I come back, let's talk about the power of a good captain. Amos, what are the pundits saying or what are the experts saying about leadership transitions? Right. So tonight, our Data is King segment is coming from a book called Leading Organizations, 10 Timeless Truths. And it's written by two McKinsey partners. And the book says that 50% of all leadership transitions fail. And the reason they fail is because leadership transitions are seen as an event. So the leader comes in place and those who brought him in, the board and the key stakeholders, they leave him on his own. They don't oh, hey. really support him. Okay. Um, and so, oh, hey. Oh, hey. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so what the book is saying, there are five key questions that must be addressed when any new leader comes in place. And the first one says, has the new leader done a SWOT analysis to understand the business that he or she has come to inherit and has taken quick action to mobilize his or her team towards future aspirations and priorities? So number one, understand your team. Okay, number two? Number two says, does the new leader understand the current culture and is he or she influencing the required changes to improve performance? Right. No Number change. three, does the new leader have the right team with the right skills and attitudes and the right structure? Then number four says, has the new leader considered the legacy he or she wants to leave and spent 
their time wisely to play roles that only he or she can play. And then the last question says, does the new leader understand his or her mandate and the expectations of key stakeholders? You've given us more questions than answers, but thank you so much. Amos is the head of our research desk here at Springboard, and he just throws up very gaping Gaping issues. Bob, let me come back to you. This is exactly what we are talking about. He says, number one, they must know their team. They must know what resources they have. A swath of what are our strengths, what are our weaknesses, what are the opportunities, what are the threats. Number two, he must understand the culture of the club that he must he has come to or she has come to. Number three, they must know the structure, the attitudes, etc. Number four, they must even have a sense of what legacy they are trying to live or leave behind and the last one what is their mandate as the head of the team and the expectations of key stakeholders it would seem that we are focused largely on the coaches in all this should we be thinking beyond the coaches at people like even the executive vice chairman or even the captain who is the captain of the club do they have do they have what it takes to lead a club like that i was just reading you the thoughts of 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 Roy Keane, who would typically see a man you match as a war zone yeah, like a life engagement. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like whatever it is, we win. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, well, if you look at the commentary, I'm sorry to announce that uh, the current man you composition doesn't answer these five questions very, very well. I mean, Ole is seen as fairly clueless. And I'm happy that uh, my brother Kojo says that he did well by asking, what did he do again that you like so much, Ole? He did something. I mean, he sent, he sent off no. um, Smalling. No, 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 Damien, no, 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 no. I wasn't Oli. No, no, it was, it was Oli. <laughs> when he sent the team to the original training ground ah, okay. of United right. so that they feel the, the passion, spirit. The spirit. Yeah, from there. This is, the, 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 the guy is gone. This, this is what he wanted them to feel because there's a tradition there right. that they must feel before they even, you know, become... Who they want to become. So, okay. so, 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 what Roy so you're saying that Klopp has been better at keeping the Anfield tradition Absolutely. alive. I mean, you know, somebody Klopp says without Anfield, you would not even be top four. Because what you have done... Probably, is probably. You know, Klopp, when Klopp came, even though he's not a Liverpool player, and, and, and Ole is a Liverpool player, Roy King is a... Quick, very quickly, very quickly, very quickly, very quickly, very quickly. He said, until you win a trophy, you will not touch that this is the Anfield Sign, sign. Yeah. They didn't touch it until they won the Champions League. Let, let's finish it, Bob, on the issue of the, the five points that have been raised. Okay, Bob. so I'm saying that if you read all the commentary, uh, the current mind you set up doesn't respond too well to these five questions about cultural issues and right team and right skills and right attitudes. And I'm gathering the commentary from past players, from pundits, from sports writers. And the general consensus is, well... Man U is a paradoxical brand. Ole himself is a paradoxical person. The reason is this. Ole typifies what is spectacular about Man U. We all remember the Bayern Munich night where he came as babyface killer and totally turned the thing around for us. 1999, correct? Are we living in old glory? No. Given the fact that he's such an iconic figure in that regard, you would expect that he could have drawn that sort of inspiration through and then transfuse it into the team. But that's not quite happening yet. So he typifies what is excellent about the brand in terms of the history and the iconic nature of Ole as a person. 
But in terms of connecting with those he's working with to achieve results, that thing is not quite happening. Some people think it's too nice. That, that's part of it. And also the fairly gargantuan stature of the people he's working with. I told you, sir, I was saying recently that Pogba is somebody who is probably living his own brand, doing his own thing. And how do you bring these people into one cultural mindset, one attitudinal framework, and then align them to achieve the sort of victories you are looking for? That, that's not quite happening. Let's cut it to the cheese. Way forward. One minute. Way forward. We need uh, a realignment. We need to do some kind of uh, audit of what it is that we are doing. People listening to us, they want solutions. Should we change the coach? Now, give him to... February next year. No, give him to February next year. If by that time we are not uh, in the top half, I think we can look for a new coach. Only cannot do it. He cannot do it. Mark my words. Wow. Okay. 13 minutes to the hour of 8 o'clock. Wait for it. Wait for it. I have a solution for United. Bring Allegri. Allow uh, and, and allow Allegri to bring back Eric Steele, Mike Phelan, and Rennie. Uh, Man Man yeah. They that is the solution to United. And the players? No, no, no. The players They'll are be sorted out. Tell you the players are good though. Rashford? It's just that you have too many injuries. Look, Shaw is injured, Boba is injured. Uh until recently we thought the hair was injured, but you were lying. <laughs> very, very <laughs> On the United team is not bad. Right. I'm telling you, the solution is bring Allegri, bring Mike Phelan, bring El- Eric Steele, and bring Rene Molesting. United will come back to his glory days. But they won't do it. And keep um, Alex Ferguson as a studio technical director. I'm telling you, that is the United. The solution. What you are saying, but people are, because because people don't trust you, because you are Liverpool, people think you are something that's not popular. Let me come to you, Joe your, your thoughts about your way forward. Um, I actually would do the opposite. Although none of you believe in Ole, but I will back Ole. And this is this is this is why. Ole, oh, oh, Ole might be Ole. a nice Reverendo. People <laughs> see him as a nice guy. But keep in mind, these players have sat in Manu. These players have sat in Manu since Fergie Smalling. All these players have sat in Manu since Fergie left. Ole has smiled, 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 and sacked all of them. That is true. And it's the ruthlessness we've needed from a coach for a long time. He came in, he had a system. Let's not forget. He came in, he had a system. High pressing, high energy, keeping the game in the opponent's half, um, and trying to get the goal. True. So... Why did they abandon it after 15 matches? They were unable. That's why we had so many injuries getting to the end of the season, and we've continued to have that problem. He has done well in bringing in a new director of fitness, so we should see the results a few months down the line. So, my Everybody, view is, is my, good, yeah, right? my view is, let's let's see what happens in the January window. Probably you not much, but next, <laughs> probably not, probably not. Give us some time. Statistically, <laughs> the team is performing the fourth best in the league. Over the course of time, results will average out. Give him some time to see the recruitment, and eventually, I believe Ole can do something. Maybe not bring us to the peak. But he'll get us going Look, in the right direction. Anything but the anything apart from the peak is not good enough for my you. I'm going to come to you in a minute for the the, the, the game changer segment. But Rax, let me give you a minute, Ray. Your thoughts about the way forward for Man United? Is it pro um, pro uh, what, what was it? pro only anti only? But the captain matter. Roy Kinsey, the guys they're not serious. <laughs> 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 Roy Kinsey, 
I, I think the captain thing was bad. I think in your league cup game, Twanzebe was made captain in one of the games. I didn't even. Twanzebe? How? Pogba was in that game. I think was it against Rotham or something. He won on penalties. He used to play for Rotham. It was an emotional distance. Can you choose oh, a captain okay. based on. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I, I think that's a big issue. But. I think the way forward going for, uh, for Manchester United, uh, Allegri, a big no. Because what would happen if Allegri comes back? Allegri will come back and bring back the old guard. And that means that all of Ole's clearouts would be cost 90. That means that you've wasted the past six months whilst Liverpool and Manchester City were uh, making progress. I think Ole has taken one step forward. Now, the next step he needs is the backing. Yeah, is the club ready to spend 200 million in the next market to get a world class midfielder and a world class attacker? I think. There are a lot of them in the market. Harry, Harry Maguire. I think Maguire has been a good influence. I think Manchester United have a very, uh, I think they were top, three top five defense, yeah, in the yeah. league so far. They've improved that, but in terms of scoring, it's not been the best. And I think that Ole is the way forward. It may, it may hurt. I think it should be hurt to the point of relegation. It may hurt, yeah, but... It, and, yeah, they have to Ed, align. Ed Woodward, Ed Woodward, uh, I'll send, <laughs> him, I'll send, I'll send only a text tonight and tell him it's either he or Ed Woodward. <laughs> yeah. If Ole stays, Ed Woodward must go. Yeah, I, 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 I think he needs, yeah. he needs support tonight. The once he's back, he would be fine eventually. Okay, so thank you very much, Ulrich. Um, um, Andrew Cox says United was successful based on a very good academic structure led by Alex Ferguson. Man, you should have switched the galactical system of Real Madrid, which involves buying top players. Very That's quickly, not true. The, the academic system, the, no, people, no, no, they no, come came from West Ham. Don't worry, don't worry. Uh, all the, that squad, they all the came from West Ham. They were all East London boys. Is that each school is allowed to have an opinion. Okay. <laughs> we will now go to our, okay. our, okay. our <laughs> game changer segment. Joe, you can do what you have for us today. So today's game changer is an interesting one because it addresses something that Man U needs to do, which is reinvent itself. On Thursday, I called an Uber to, you know, take me back to my office. And Frank immediately stood out because he was driving a Mitsubishi Lancer instead of the typical Kia Picanto. And while we were talking, he mentioned that he used to work for a really prominent company. And I was shocked. Why would anyone leave a position that so many people are striving for just to become an Uber driver? And then he told me a wild story. He was the head of IT and had just completed a massive project to set up the infrastructure for their new office complex. And shortly before they were set to move into the new building, he was handed a letter and told, your services are no longer needed. The worst part, they laid him off on his birthday. And I started wow. to come, yeah. I started to commiserate about the horrible treatment and he interrupted saying, getting laid off is the best thing that ever happened to me. He explained that after a period of confusion, should I start a business, should I find a new job, he determined to never be completely reliant on a paycheck again. This week, our game changer is reinvention. Even though Frank has a new 9 to 5, he runs a thriving transport business on Uber's platform, earning thousands of CDs every week, more than he actually used to earn his salary. So how did he go about reinventing himself as a transportation entrepreneur? Number one, he leveraged what he had. He used a severance package to buy 10 cars to start his fleet. Number two, he started from what he knew. He used that technology background to develop an app to manage the fleet. And number three, he built with others. He operates a work-to-own model, which means that the drivers feel like they are part of the business and they are more engaged. Mm. So life will bring setbacks, but it's good to know that we don't have to stay down. We can reinvent ourselves. Comedian George Lopez, you know, we are going back to the comedians, once said, when things are bad, that is the best time to reinvent yourself. So for any organization in transition like United, you have to look at how you leverage what you have, start from what you know, and build with others to reinvent yourself. 
This has been the Game Changer with Jojo Okren. Have a phenomenal week. Mm. And United must start an Uber business. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they won't buy 10. They'll buy 10,000 cars. <laughs> Six minutes to the hour. Because you are, you're, you're clapping. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm impressed. And because, you know, this Uber story, I have another guy who I used to work with in Barclays. Mm. And he, he, he got laid off at Barclays and then went into Uber. I'm telling you, I, I, he also Adam, 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 he's, he's called Adam, and today he runs Uber, and in Takwa, he's, he's, he's a, he's a big, he's big, big, big guy in Takwa, but I think he's just joined another banking firm, but it just tells me that the Uber thing, it works, and people get laid off, put their hands on their head and say, life has come to an end da, 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 da. so I identify with the story that's why I'm clapping so much because Adam I think his story came on joy right same guy his story came on joy so it's about reinvention yeah he lost his let me give you a chance to give us a closing thought let's start with you um, let me start with you comfort listening to this whole discussion about money you in let me go um, what do they call it in English? This is anti-clockwise. This is clockwise. Let me start with comfort. Uh, from where you sit, it's clockwise. It is clockwise, yes. Everyone has a minute. Comfort first. Well, I think um, the key thing that I took away was, um, apart from the Marquise five um, questions the leader should ask him or herself, I also took away the fact that you must have the alignment. I mean, you must, you must know, first know where you want to go, and then see if there's alignment. Where there's not alignment, see how you can craft the alignment with the team. And then, most importantly, ensure that you look at what legacy you want to 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 leave when you leave. And uh, I mean, when you when you are gone from the scene, and work towards realizing that alignment, legacy, work, profession. So, since we are doing alignment, I'll say you should realign, you should reinvent, then you ruthlessly execute. That's it. Realignment, reinvent, and then ruthlessly and execute. Ruthlessly execute. execute. I mean, it. I think Ole got a few marks for ruthless execution, but yes. if you stop smiling and get the guys to hit the ground and align properly and run as fast as fast as they did today, he would be my friend. But until then, I I, I think he still not showed me enough. Um, to convince me, um, Albert, I'll take a I'll I'll take a very quick quote from a, a Telegraph article. And this is for you, David Moyes was warned of the risk of breaking up the successful coaching team at Manchester United by Sir Alex Ferguson, but opted to bring in his own staff, according to former goalkeeping coach Eric Steele. Right. This is the paradox. Everybody thinks that once you take over. You have to change things. But the, our it doesn't quote, happen our quote, like that. Our quote for the day said, Julius Caesar started with an iron fist, then he moved to a wooden foot, then he moved to a, a thin and, string. And, yeah. So it's, it's almost like in the beginning there must be an iron fist. Not necessarily. Right. That's the, that's the paradox of it. That's the error people make. That once you go in, you have to change things. You have to show that you are in charge. You've come. But you are in charge. No, break all the rules. No. In the Bible, Rehoboam did that mistake as well. No. Solomon had built a tree. All he had to do was just unite it. Pastor. And then he came and then he said, Charlie, Thank look, you, Pastor. my little figure is thicker. Thank you, Pastor. <laughs> and he destroyed and the That the, is the my message today. My that good, people, my when you take over a company, you don't necessarily have to go in and break everything down and say you are starting again. You can leave it as it is. Monitor, watch, 
Albert. Monitor, watch Albert. And then, <laughs> <laughs> 30 seconds for you, you can. So uh, monitor, watch Albert. You're, you're always powerful. <laughs> Mine is simple. Once you have retained that institutional memory and you are ready to move forward with your agenda, reinvent. That's it. You have to leverage what you have, start from what you know, and build with others. That's it. Leverage what you have, start from what you know and build others. Rook, let me give you 30 seconds to sign off. I think you look at Klopp and Pep, and all you see is the good, sweet side now. But I think the major takeaway, and it's in line with uh, Dr. Mensah Otabo's message today, is the fact that nobody believed in you at the beginning. Klopp, Pep, in the beginning, no one believed it, and no one thought they would reach here. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is in a similar position. I think that perseverance is key. The need to believe and stick to your way and your measure. That's the way for it. You have almost convinced me to believe only for the next one year. So I'll give him beyond February. <laughs> My name is Albert. <laughs> okay, I'm of Comfort, Matthew, Priscilla, Emos, Emmanuel, and Georgia. I want to say a big thank you. Happy birthday to Catherine Aguda, HR manager of GA Plant Pool and a member of the 2019 Marketing Strategy Class of the famous University of Ghana Business School. And Prof. Hinson is representing the school here. Say hello to Catherine. Coming up next is a work with Jesus. And the topic is Responsible parenting and Pastor Ransford Abuse, who have I have co-opted into this discussion, is hosting Mrs. Furasaki and Reverend Alan Okome Mensa, my brother. Next week we talk about digitization as the new normal in banking. It's going to be brutal on the show. You don't want to miss that one. Until we come your way again next week. My name is Albert Okran. God bless you. God bless you. And God bless you. Good night.